Hello, and welcome back to Heartwork, the podcast all about love, relationships, dating, and the work of the heart. My name is Tom Lloyd. I'm your host, and if you listen regularly to this show, you probably realize that we haven't released an episode in uh, quite some time, and well, that is because Black Lives Matter. They really matter. They are so important to everything around us, and the whole nation is focused on this right now, and even the whole world is getting focused on this because it's so important. So forgive me, but that's where my energy has been and my focus has been. And uh, if you know me well, you know that I'm originally from the south side of Minneapolis. I have deep roots in that community. I even used to work right near the 3rd Precinct, had several jobs around there, lived around there. And I still have many friends who live like blocks away from where everything was going down. My parents still live in Minneapolis. So my heart has been on my city and everything that's been going on there, watching it burn down because of, you know, we have to support black life. It's an intense time. And, um, you know, to be honest, I haven't even been able to comprehend moving on with this show right now but the show's got to go on and i i think i found a perfect guest to to crack us into getting back to this she is absolutely hilarious she's wonderful she's joyful she can be a hot mess she speaks her truth she has no filter and oh she's the best she is black she's very proud of it uh she has been on the ground with the protest day after day after day in minneapolis she's an absolute blessing her name is amina jama and we are so lucky to have her on the podcast today that's how i feel and we're gonna sink into this episode it's gonna take some time it's like like almost two hours we really talked it out it felt like we needed to take the time with this one and when you see hear her perspective i think that you'll agree i feel like it's so important to be looking listening to black voices right now and i think amina's outlook is just so incredibly special so without further ado let's get down to the heart of it with my good friend amina jama Miss Amina, how are you today? Hey, you know what? Listen, I'm I'm here. Well, yep, I'm happy that I'm, you're here. I'm here and I'm present, and um, I'm very happy to be here with you today, Floyd. Yeah, did you just call me Floyd? Yep, Floyd <laughs> with an Floyd. F. It is, it is, it is close. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, if anybody whose name is like Lloyd, I've just been turning to Floyd because a lot of people out here have been calling out George Lloyd, and I'm just like, oh wow, that's not even his name. Well, I mean, even when I used to teach, people would say would call me Floyd. They would be like, yeah, okay, and that Floyd. was an accident. That was an accident. You know, yeah. I just did it on on that. Really, wasn't even intentional, but hey, it happened. So it happens. Gonna rock with it. We're gonna roll with it. It happens. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, thank you i love so you Tom. Many, i love you too for so many reasons oh, just to let everybody know amina has gotten at least four requests to be on a podcast this week <laughs> and i don't think there's any uh to me there's no it's like a duh because there's so many you'll see why 
<laughs> oh my god don't don't even oh my goodness but listen out of all of those requests i'm uh-huh. only here with you tom well that's amazing you're my boy you are you're, my boy well you're Since my girl over 13 years old that's right i've known you for a very long time that's right and i would just say when i started this podcast you called me and you were like i want to be on the podcast <laughs> damn right you, you were like i don't even care if i get broadcast i just want to answer the questions okay <laughs> <laughs> so i love that and uh, what like, did you say to me you were like well i'm gonna have to send you the questions <laughs> the question. excuse me well look i said i don't have I finally to answer did. them but yes you did yes you did <laughs> and you wrote your responses out yes i did um, look at them Yes, A plus. Um, so I think this is the perfect time for you to be on the show, and um, I love you so much. So let too. people know how. What is our connect? What would you say our connection is? You know what our connection is. Um, it's it's one of deep value. Um, I have known Tom. I'm 33 years old, and I have known Tom. I think I met him for the first time when I was 13. When I moved to Minnesota, and um, and I met a lot of little white boys and girls, <laughs> but but Tom was the one, you know, who uh, always stood out. Um, you know, we always we always seemed to get along with each other. You were always goofy like me, and mm-hmm. um, you always laughed at my jokes, which is like my number one thing. Like, if Mm -hmm. you laugh at my jokes, then I really want to be your friend. So, and you laughed at my jokes. I remember Claudie's, you know, uh, the, the, the teen discourses that we did, and you were in one of those with me, and, um, it was basically like a class. Yeah, we were in this class together. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. a spiritual class, and it's it's kind of like a youth Bible study, if you will. And um, and Tom was one of my classmates at a very young age. And then we lost contact with each other for years. Mm-hmm. And then I ran into him uh, later on in life, and he was a tom okay he was <laughs> i i mean it's like tom moved to new york and and just and became you know just like found himself kind of but before that like that's how i would describe me and you knowing each other i remember one time um we all went after the temple after our our youth discussion we went to Chipotle. Me, you, the other Tom. What's the girl's name that starts with a D? All of us. Disa. Yes. Everybody <laughs> went and we went to Chipotle. Uh-huh. And and I had two bur- I had one burrito with all you guys and I ate it, tore it up, tore it up. Mm-hmm. And then I went and got another burrito. Mm-hmm. And all, everybody looking like, oh no, you can't eat both those. And I did. And you <laughs> were the only one to give me like a high five. Like I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I oh, could yeah. devour one of those burritos. And we're going to get into your love of food in a little bit. Okay. You better trust that. So, All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know you love food. But I would say that, that, yeah, I would say that, you know, we've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. and um, But more recently, we've kind of gotten back in touch with each other. And I would say our, our relationship one right now, I would say it's like a deep joy. Yeah. Like you make me want to, you do make me actually fall on the ground and not breathe with joy <laughs> yay! <laughs> because um you just are out there you're so unabashedly yourself and and you just speak the truth 
in a joyful way that is just oh man so wonderful Thank so i feel you. like that's us and then i was gonna ask you know one of my i think you just shared your one of your first memories of me for some reason my first memory of you i don't know why this is i always remember you back in the day you always had like the tight headscarf hoop earrings like the tight is that true like yeah. that's just like how i always remember you had always had something to say you weren't as funny as you are now i don't think <laughs> I think your funny level has gone through the roof. Hell yeah, I mean, you were funny back then, but like something happened in, in the span where you were in the desert and I didn't see you for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And um, I remember for some reason, I remember going to your apartment or your house or something. Do you remember this? I feel like you brought us to your apartment and I can't remember for some reason, I don't remember right now if it was in like somewhere like Hopkins or if it was like in Cedar Riverside. I don't, I can't remember. Okay. But I, I don't remember, remember any of that. I don't remember. I just that's why I remember. I just remember you being like so inviting. You just wanted to hang out. Like you were just you were there. You know, I didn't want people coming over to my parents' house. No. <laughs> well, you know uh, about the whole headscarf thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was I grew I, I grew up confused. You know, my father yeah. is born and raised in Somalia, mm-hmm. and my mother is born and raised in the Bahamas. So I'm first generation American. So it was. Um, very confusing to me. God was very confusing to me. You yeah. know, like I had an uncle who was a sheikh and another uncle who was a pastor. One that told me if I didn't believe Prophet Muhammad وسلم, was the last messenger from Allah or Jesus Christ, peace, uh, peace be upon him, was the last, the, the son of God, I was going to hell. So by the time you met me, I thought I was just going to hell. So, you know, I just was <laughs> like, I was, I was trying for my grandmother's sake because she was still alive. And, you know, like I was trying to be the, the young woman that she wanted me to be. So like I covered my hair and even Janice, like she, like she remembers me. She's like, oh, the, the Muslim Ekis? <laughs> like that's how she remembers Amina. Like the Muslim Ekis, the one that used to wear her hair up in, in a scarf. I'm uh-huh. like, yo, but you guys don't realize that, you know, like I, I was trying to find my way back then. Oh yeah, of course. Like it, it was, it was very, it was, it was difficult and it was, um, but you know what? It was something that I had to go through because if I didn't go through any of that, I would not be the bold, outspoken oh, yes. person that you guys all seem to love so much today. Oh yeah, we love it. I think one of the other things that I was thinking about that apartment, I think maybe why it struck me, I'm like, I, I feel like it had to be in the suburbs or something because I grew up in the city and I just remember being like, it was one of the first times that I was like, because especially back then, I feel like the suburbs were so white in Minnesota. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Something was like, I was like, what's happening here? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like what? What's going on? We're both moving our hands here? like robots right now. <laughs> like, what, what, like what? Like who? Like, <laughs> like what? Pineapple. In Hopkins? Not saying that you can't live in Hopkins, but I was just like. We were in Eden Prairie back then. Yeah, Eden Prairie. That's what it was. And I was just like, yo, I just, there was something that, I don't know about that. You were just like so real back then in that environment. I can't even, did you go to Eden Prairie High School? I show as hell did. Oh my God, let's not even talk about it. (laughs) Let's talk about trauma. Okay. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So. (laughs) Okay. Okay. 
Well, let's move on to the. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to the next question. All right. Which is just a check in with your heart. How is your heart doing today? Like, if you had to just, if you could just tell us what's there right now. All right. Well, it's beating. Okay. Um, (laughs) That's a good start. All right. It's beating. Um, it might have a murmur because it beats off sometimes. Okay. And and um and it's. In fact, it's not a murmur why it beats off. It beats off because it's it's like it's broken. Ooh. And um and I it hurts. Like every time it beats off, it hurts me, like physically. Mm-hmm. So um, but my heart is beating and it is keeping me alive. It's pumping blood throughout my body. So hi, <laughs> you know, I appreciate it. Um, I would really like for it to come down back to just a normal rhythm because uh my heart hurts right now mm-hmm. understandably yeah we we both just holding our hands up like oh that's it i mean shit. you said what you said mm-hmm. i just yeah it's um it's uh it's rough it's rough mm-hmm. next question <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, and you don't, if you don't have to go into it, if you don't want to, but you know, one thing that I've been trying to get at with this is trying to put like more language to it, like about love and, and the heart. And I'm wondering, is there, is there any other descriptors of your heart hurting that you can put on that? You don't have to, cause I don't want to push you <clears throat> on that if you don't want to go there, but you know, I feel like a lot of people are saying that right now, their heart is hurting and like what does that what does that feel like or is i don't know is there any other way that you can describe it um you know i don't know uh it's like i feel like uh i don't know i feel like there's there's an abundance of air out there right Mm -hmm. but but somebody placed the bag over my head so i could only breathe the air that's in that bag Oof. you know like, mm-hmm. I can't breathe the same air you guys breathe because I'm not entitled to it. Mm. You know? And then there are my people like you who just poke little bo- holes in my bag to let me breathe you guys' air. But uh-huh. at the same time, I still have that bag over my head. Oof. I don't know if people can understand that, but that's the best way that I can explain it. I think that's a very descriptive answer. <laughs> man if you can't see that oh they get some glasses they get some glasses yeah vision is open let me get my stethoscope out Ah! Um. (laughs) because your heart might not even be beating right boo (laughs) yes i mean that's an image thanks for sharing that thanks for sharing that i mean that's real and that's why I'm trying, it's like, how do we even tap into love today? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it feels, it feels like there's a lot of uh, speechlessness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and um, I don't know, it's a question that we're all dealing with. Oh, I forgot to ask you, how is it that you want to be framed? People are mostly going to oh. hear you as a voice. How is it that you, what do you want people to know about? You can add any descriptors that you want. Okay, cool. I wrote this down. I wrote this down. Okay, amazing. 
I would like to be framed as a child of God, a soul of energy, and a strong Black woman who loves any and everybody who appreciates who I am. Ooh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> very simple. That's very, that's all, that's all it is. That's very simple. I love yep. that. Thank you. How would you like to be framed? Ooh, how would I like to be framed? I don't even know how to answer that question. I gotta, I gotta do the work for myself. <laughs> How are you a teacher and gave me an assignment and you didn't even fill it out yourself? Ooh, that's right. <laughs> but no, that, that's how I'd like to be framed because, you know, um, I don't like I just I just want people to know that I am I'm here for the entire for 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 life. That's what I'm here for. I don't care if you're a person or an animal. I'm here oh. for you. OK. Mm-hmm. And and I respect. I respect your life and and I just want you to respect mine. That's all. You know, I just I just want you to respect mine. I don't want to have to go through things because I look a certain way. I just I want to be framed as a child of God, a soul of energy, a strong black woman who loves anyone who respects where I stand. Love it. Thank you. Love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. All right. So what else? What, what else are we gonna talk about here, Flo- uh, Floyd? Floyd. <laughs> well, I'm wondering if it would be good to talk about. I think you've had some like you some kind of incredible experiences actually. Mm-hmm. Um, not only in the protest but beyond that. And I'm wondering if where we should go first. Whether whether you want to talk about about Nipsey or maybe kind of your your experience one of your experiences at the protest well where would you want to go what do you think i mean i don't care let's start with nip okay nip hustle ermius oscadum is yeah. his real name sharing that experience number one is just important in itself but i think there's also there's something about it that is important for today i guess okay and for love and i know watching you go have that experience opened my heart so yeah, well, you want to share that story and sure. Yeah, great. Go for okay. it. Okay, I flew to LA, uh, and this was I think maybe the year or two years before Nipsey Hussle was murdered, and I flew to LA because the tickets to San Diego were just too expensive. So I flew to LA in hopes to get to San Diego, and my cousin never picked me up from the airport, so I was standing outside and um. And my luggage was left in the city, in, in, in my connecting city. So I didn't have any of my luggage. And I had my purse outside. And this man walked past and grabbed my bag and ran. So I just walked to a street. I didn't know where I was. I had no idea. I didn't know any of my family's phone numbers out there. And I was just sitting on the curb crying. I mean, they stole your bag, they stole your phone, your money, everything, right? Everything. They took everything. You have nothing except for yourself. absolutely nothing except for myself. Right. Just me and the clothes that was on my back. Like, I didn't have my luggage because it was left in the prior city. And then this person took my bag, which had everything in it. Um, I had $30 in my back pocket, and that was all that I had. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just sitting on this curb, just crying. 
And people who know me know I don't cry. I cry more for happy reasons than sad reasons. But I was just crying because I didn't have a way to con contact my family. I didn't have a way to get anywhere. And so I'm just sitting there. I'm just crying. And this man, this, this nice car pulls up in front of me. And I mean, I don't know cars like that, but I know it was nice. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's all I know. It costs a lot of money. Anyways, he rolled down his window and, and he asked me what was wrong. And, um, and I looked up and it was Nipsey Hussle. And, um, and I know Nipsey Hussle because, you know, I lived in California, so I listened to his music. And I uh -huh. was just like, oh, you know, and he paid for me to buy a brand new phone from T-Mobile right out the street. And he paid for me to catch, to catch a, 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 like one of those buses that go from LA to San Diego. He paid, he gave me like $1,400. He paid uh -huh. for my brand new phone and he paid for me to be able to get from LA to San Diego. And then he just said, God bless you. And then he just kept it moving. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I was just like, I mean, back then I posted videos and I mean, I didn't capture what he did because I didn't have a phone, but I posted about it later. Didn't get not one like, not maybe three views. That's it. But I said, but you know, since that day, I have been listening to all his music. I have been involved in everything because I know that he really cares about the, well, cared about the community. So when he passed away, I was broken. Like it hit me. It hit me hard because I know firsthand the type of man that he was. Mm -hmm. Can you just give, give us, uh, for people who might not know who, who Nipsey Hussle is, can you kind of just like... Nipsey Hussle yeah. is um, a self-made entrepreneur rapper from out of the streets of Compton, LA. Nipsey Hussle is a man that defied all odds and and made it on his own, selling selling his own records out the backseat of his trunk. Nipsey Hussle is the definition of a hustler. Nipsey Hussle is a man who gave back to his community, not only when he made it, but before he made it. It took a while for Nipsey Hussle to make it because he cared so much about his community and wasn't selfish. Nipsey Hussle was a man to be honored. Nipsey Hussle was a man whose life mattered. That's who Nipsey Hussle was. And his real name was Aramius Askadome. And I salute Nipsey Hussle. And you had this incredible experience with him <clears throat> before he left. And when he did, I feel like it did. It hit you real deep. And what, what did that do for your, your heart? Yeah, what did that do for your heart when that happened? It broke it, but then it made it stronger. In what way? Well, it broke it because it's sad that one of his own did this to him. It made it stronger because of I saw everybody come together. Nipsey Hussle made Bloods and Crips join. Mm -hmm. Nipsey, Nipsey Hussle brought gangs together, you know? Um, mm -hmm. One of the main people who spoke at his, uh, at, at, his, at his memorial service, his eulogy, was a Blood gang member. You know, um, mm -hmm. Nipsey Hussle just touched the lives. He touched so many lives. And and I was just, uh, it made my heart stronger because I just wanted to be more like him. You know, I wanted to um, kind of emulate what he was doing. I wanted to uh, 
to to use my voice. I never thought my voice was power. I never thought my voice. To this day, I don't even think anybody listening. But I still, like, I want to use my voice. Whatever little voice I have, I want to use it. And Nipsey Hussle uh, was the first person to to make me feel like mm. I had a voice. Wow. That's super important. He, like, lit you up. Y'all sparked a fire right under my asshole, boo. Mm, yep. <laughs> Farted, it's a fire. Farted, it's a fire. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah. I, um, wow. So he opened you up to this, that you do have a voice. And you know what? You know what you've said to me many times? Do you know what you said to me about your voice and yourself? No, oh, I don't know. Shit, I say a lot of stuff. Look. They're not ready. They're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't ready <laughs> but you know what i really i think i said that because i'm not ready mm, wow you know Talk and more I, about blame, that. I blame it on them because that mm. makes it easier for me to just you know sit back here in the in the uh, in the background because i'm not ready ah. i was very scared to do this with you today like for weeks we were supposed to do this yesterday i chipped my tooth i I, uh, I, I mean, I could have done it with you yesterday. Like, well, yeah, but you broke your I didn't tooth. Want I'm to. not trying. No, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. I was still. I was, you know, I was like, oh God. I said, God is on my side because I broke my tooth. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm like, oh my God. I don't. I don't. I don't have to do it. I was like, maybe this is something I shouldn't do. But then you know what? I'm like, you know what? There is some type of waking dream in that one that I'm trying to figure out. I do think that there's something in that. I'm paying attention to it too. So. I don't know what that is, but if you okay. figure it out, let me know. All right. Because um, <laughs> that's, I mean, it's super weird, right? Yeah. A tooth just doesn't come off in an apple. For an apple? Yeah. I mean. Well, in my defense. Yeah, can you just tell that story? It wasn't a honey crisp. Could, could you tell that story it right now? It wasn't a gal. Okay, yes. Yeah, so you were nervous to be on this podcast. I was. Even I was, after I, Nipsey Hussle, like an angel baby, came to you in the street in california that was years ago yeah your, your voice has been amplified but you're mm-hmm. still sometimes you you know i doubt myself okay you doubt yourself but what happened with this what happened you, we were supposed to do this interview yesterday and what happened what happened was i took a bite into an apple and it's not no snow white shit but i took a bite into an apple and i heard a like a and then and i'm like mm. and then all of a sudden i felt a pain and then I spit out the apple in my mouth and I saw my little piece of tooth there and I was like oh the first thing that came to my mind before I called the dentist was call Tom tell him I can't do it uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you know and then um but then you know I I then I you know I'm you you already know the story but for those who don't know like I had to go to the urgent care which then initially sent me to uh, an appointment that we made for today at eight o'clock I went to the dentist this morning and basically they can't do anything they can't do anything for me it's in the back doesn't matter um Uh they gave me they wanted to describe me more pain pills Um, we were both like no uh, pineapples, plums, pears, peaches, papaya, persimmons. I don't want any of that. Okay, like I, I am. I'm trying. Like I already. We're not took, trying to sedate this voice. You know what? Dang, it's been sedated long enough. I have. I I took 
the Percocet that they gave me yesterday, and that's like how I was able to even speak because it was just so painful. But now I rub my tongue against that tooth, and it's an edge. It's cut. Like it cut my tongue. It bleeds, mm-hmm. and and I'm like, oh, it's a part of me now. We just keep Isn't that going. crazy. We just keep going. Well, let's we bring it. Just keep going. We just keep going. Let's bring it into. Um, I want to. If you want to share your story of the Minneapolis protest, because I think you know you've been on the ground there, and I feel like uh, part of this. Sh- I want you to share your experience. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. I don't even know what to say except for that. Maybe what I'm kind of seeing right now is that Nipsey helped you show up in Minneapolis a little bit, and maybe you want to share some of that experience of what's been going on for you there. Okay. Um, well, first of all, Nipsey might have, um, well, first of all, I have been showing up and showing out since Tamir Rice got killed, just a 13 year old boy who got killed with a water gun in a park, not in Minneapolis. I've been protesting for Sandra Bland, who didn't happen in Minnesota. I've been protesting for Philando Castile. So I've been protesting way before Nipsey Hussle died. And Nipsey Hussle did not give me my voice to protest. I have been protesting since before Nipsey died. And I've been protesting after Nipsey died. What Nipsey did for me was something that I was never going to share with the world. Mm. But he passed away. And I felt the need for everyone to know that he's not just this person that helps celebrities. You know, he helps Mm -hmm. regular people, too. And even though everybody else was sharing their story, I just wanted to share mine also. These protests in Minneapolis have, um, I've been out there every day, all the time, you know, not to incite violence, uh, not to loot, not to steal from anybody or any establishment, but to be a voice and to express my frustration and my, like, my my hate for and i use that word i use that word not lightly because i don't like to use the word hate but my hate for the justice system when it comes to brutality against my people okay and so i have been out here fighting for everyone Mm -hmm. but i'm fighting mostly for people who look like me who get murdered Mm -hmm. You know, and um, this woman, uh, I, I was, I parked my car. The, you know, the man died on thirty. I'm sorry, the man George Floyd died on thirty eighth in Chicago. I parked on thirty third in Chicago. I parked my car six blocks away from where the protest was happening because I didn't want to be barricaded in. And then there was a red light. So cars, you know, backed up at the red light, waiting for the light to turn green. And the car that just so happened to be parked next to mine was a a white man and a white woman on the passenger side. And she looked out her window to me and spit. And, and I, and I rolled, I like, like my window was halfway rolled up. So she didn't, like, none of her actual fluids made it onto my body. But oh I God. still jumped out the car. Tom. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I, ju- I jumped out the car, baby. Like, what? <laughs> what? What? What are you trying to do right now? So I told her, I said, you know what? I said, you are the reason. I said, you are the reason why I'm out here right now. For you and people like you, people who believe like you, people who would just look at a person of color and spit on them. You 
are the reason why I'm out here. You know, it was just, it was, it was so, I just, when I tell you, I just wanted to drag this from, from her car out into the sidewalk and just be, but I didn't though. Like right. something came over me, like love came over me. Uh-huh. And I can't even explain it because I don't have that much love in my heart right now, even right now to this day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But something happened during that time where it was like, okay, Amina, you know, um, just just get back in your car. Sorry, but let's be honest. You got out the car. You did get out the car. Hell yeah. You took the earrings out. Hell yeah. <laughs> you were like, what's up, right? I had my Vaseline in my hands. <laughs> Sneakers on deck. Yes. You know she didn't do nothing, though. Nothing at all. In fact, she rolled her window up and kept it and kept it moving. Right. Well, but these, now, are the, these are the things that we have to re that we have to face. That I have things. to face. Right. And can you I be clear? Because I feel like was this before or after what happened with uh, with I'm trying to not give away the story when you were on the speaker. Oh yeah, this was before. This was before. Okay. Yes. So this is what happened when you were on the way and then what on the way the there. And then yes. that happened there. Yes. Okay. So you this is what happened when you were on the way to just to just pro this is before just you the even, protest. This is before you get to the protest. Okay. I haven't even gotten to the protest yet. I'm sitting in my car about to I, I got my car is in park. I'm about to get out. I was talking on the phone to my cousin and she spit it in my, into my window. Right. I haven't even gotten out of my car yet and walked over to the protest. See, I thought I got this story wrong in my head. I thought this was after this other story. No, this is so way before. So this is before. So what happened after just to, to, to tell them that story too? Um, I went and protested. Yeah, but what did you do? Well, there was a peaceful protest going on outside of East 38th Street and Chicago Avenue South, which is... Uh -huh the location of cup foods where mr george floyd died and um and i i mean i i was sitting there listening to everybody do what they were doing and say what they said and then somebody just happened to say you know like does anybody else want to talk and i don't know what happened but my feet just started moving towards the man like mm -hmm. and he gave me the thing the megaphone and um and I just started singing the Black National Anthem. And people just shut up around me. They just, everybody that was talking stopped. And, and I sang it. And then after that, I led them in our own little chant. I made up everything. I was like, all day. They were like, silence. I was like, every day. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I led my own thing. And then, you know, um, People introduced themselves to me. One of them happened to be uh, Nick Cannon, told me that he got it on video and that it was beautiful. I wasn't doing it for that. I didn't know that he was there. I, I didn't care that he was there. Like I, you know, I'm, I don't know. I just wanna, I just wanna be of service. And sometimes I don't know how to be when I'm not cooking food or making people laugh. Because, like, those are my two specialties. So, you know, like, just being out there on the streets marching and, and yelling and having people follow what I tell them to say was something, it, it was a different experience for me. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful, but it was different. And it was, it was just really nice to see everybody out there. Everybody was together. What is that action doing for your heart? It's making it smile. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my yeah. heart is happy when you're doing these actions. 
when I'm doing these actions mm -hmm. and, um, and when I'm seeing other people do them, it's making my heart smile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me cry sometimes, but it's tears of utter happiness. Mm -hmm. Like I am not crying because I'm sad right now. Like, in fact, I not the type to cry when I'm sad. I mm -hmm. cry when I'm happy. I cry when, when I see beautiful things happening is when I cry. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what all that stuff is doing for my heart. My cousins want to be out there with me. You know, my little cousins, 14, 13 years old. And, you know, I'm kind of nervous to bring them out there. But mm -hmm. I told my aunt and my uncle, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there with them. You know, like, I, I feel like everyone should have a chance to be a part of this because this is history. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you're hearing about that because I feel like some people, you know, the narrative is really dangerous right now. And the, it can be that the people are violent or even peaceful. Like, what does that mean? I feel like, and I feel like one thing to do is that it really will make your heart feel better to go out there. Yeah. Because <laughs> what would For you real? feel like if you didn't? Nothing. Would you I mean, feel well, you might, but I, I don't. Right. Like, I asked my mom. Right. Who didn't really want you going out there, right? I don't want to talk about Linda, but okay. You don't have to talk about Linda. We don't have to talk about her. No, but no, you know what? Listen, I'm going to say this one thing about my mom, and then I'm going to be done with it, okay? Okay. Um, my mother is a black woman who was not born in America, but uh -huh. who was married to a white man. Mm -hmm. and um, And sometimes... In fact, most of the time, anytime I've protested for any other person of color that has lost their life to police brutality, she has shown no interest at all. Mm -hmm. You know, her favorite thing to say is may the blessings be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I feel like if my mom is an apple, I'm a pear uh -huh. <laughs> because I'm not like her at all. I have felt so I'm I feel so far from the tree I'm a I'm from a different tree like I'm not even <laughs> up like so I don't get it but you know what when I showed her the city of Minneapolis you know what she said and this is for the first I've been protesting since I was maybe 13 14 years old I'm 33 uh -huh. When I showed her the videos of South, the pictures of South Minneapolis just burnt to a crisp she said you know what Amina she said at first I, I, I didn't like it, she said, but you know what? Maybe now they will listen. Maybe now they will stop. Maybe now they might hear our voices. Tom, when I tell you I almost picked this up from the ground, I almost picked her up, child. <laughs> like, I almost just held her in my arms, my mom, because for the first time in my life, I feel like she is getting it. That's like, she's amazing. understanding what we're all fighting for and she's 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 feeling it i i don't know what happened i don't know what changed and mm -hmm. i don't care but thank you for it uh-huh and what even that that expression of wanting to pick her up to me there's so much joy and love in that in just that i feel like that's a lot of what i'm getting it's just like just the simple support can mean so much right now absolutely some people are you know there's a lot of like don't know what to say or they don't know how to show up or they don't know how to whatever but it's like just this simple show of support can mean so much you want to pick your mom up everything and, and throw her on the, you know <laughs> like just just to express it 
I just, yeah, I just, man, when I tell you, like, I just ran up to her and I just gave her a hug and I cried. I cried tears of tears that tears of frustration of years of frustration trying to argue with my mom and get her to feel like how I felt and and tears of happiness that she finally is getting it all uh-huh. at once came out uh-huh That's so I amazing. just wanted to pick her up put her on my shoulders you know what I'm saying do what they do in like Jewish weddings and all this stuff but you know I just want her on my shoulders like I just wanted to lift her up boo because uh-huh. she deserved she deserved to, and, and just for me, because I know my mom, uh-huh. I know, I know that it took, I mean, it took years for her to get to that point. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm just, I'm really just proud of her, you know? And yeah, I, I want, I wanted to just, I just wanted her to know that. That's amazing. Because I've been so frustrated with this woman for years, man, but finally she did it. It's, yeah, all my family, not well, all, but, but a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like my father is born and raised in Somalia. My mom's born and raised in the Bahamas. I'm the first generation born in America. Most of my father, my father and all his siblings, my mom and all their siblings, they don't fight for African-American rights. Uh huh. They don't do it. And then they tell me that I shouldn't. Hmm. And I say, you know what? Uh, luckily for you, you're here in America, right? Kudos. Sit behind your chair and your TV and your little HBO and you have a great time. But I'm going to be out there actually fighting for our rights. And you mm. should be right out there behind me. And my mom finally got it. I don't care about the rest of my aunts and uncles. My mom got it. And it means and the world. That means the world to me. I mm. cried. I came downstairs and broke down. I called all my best friends and my cousins and told them, I said, Linda gets it. <laughs> I said, and my best friend Anna was like, "Girl, what, Linda?" I said, "Yes, she is understanding." I said, "Girl, you will never believe what she just said to me." She said, "Burn it down, girl." <laughs> Anna was like, "Linda, Miss Linda said that." I was like, "Anastasia, yes." Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So exactly. So I'm like, okay, whatever. My daddy is like, well, you know, we going to look, uh, we, mm, not, we don't have nothing to say about his ass right now. Okay. We don't have to talk about him yet. Yeah. Um, yet. Well, let's, let's make a transition here. <laughs> okay. From the bigger, wider, um, stuff that's going on in our country and in the world right now and get a little bit more personal. Oh. Um, uh, oof, oof. You know, I think it's really interesting that your your mom is a black woman and she is married to a white man. Oh, oh and shit. that is a dynamic that you uh, have lived with. And I'm I'm you posted something the other day on IG about um about your preferences in men. Do you, oh. are you are your preferences in men the same as your mother's? Uh, hell no. <laughs> and why is that? Uh, because I like black men and she don't. <laughs> um, I think it's the post that you said is I like black men. men okay, first of all, what was that post? It. I okay, love that first post. of all, it was it was my my six preferences of men. Number one, a Caribbean <laughs> black man. Number two, a East Coast black man. Number three, a down south black man. Number four, a man who was black. Number five, a man who is uh no a human being who is both a man and black um (laughs) 
I think I replied to that. I responded to that post. Yeah, you were so like, like, oh, I, so I'm just out. Huh? So I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. what I think that's interesting because you know you do have a role model of love in your life that is 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 interracial, and I'm wondering, you know, what what is it about black men that you love? Well, because um, I don't find that to be exclusionary at all. What is it about black men that I love? Yeah. Whoa. I mean, the dick. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, well, that's like number one, two, and three. But if we're gonna go to number four, (laughs) I mean, I just, I mean, I just, you know, I, I always felt that I was put on this earth to be with a black man, right? Mm And it's because I feel like we understand each other. Like, you know, um, I feel like I could be more comfortable or more, more authentically myself with someone of color than I could with someone of no color. That's if that makes true. sense. No, that's and absolutely 100%. Without legit. disrespecting anybody, because, you know, um, I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I just always felt that way, Tom. I've always felt that way since I was a kid. Like, I've just always known, you know, that I just wanted to be with a black person. And then lately, living in Minnesota, like, mm-hmm. my people have been trying to, like, you know, get me to go on, like, blind dates with people of other races. Mm-hmm. Uh, pineapples. <laughs> pineapples. I can't do it. Um, you know, like I just, like I, I feel like you know, I just need to be with, um, with a man of color. And by color, I mean dark. I have preferences. Uh-huh. I want dark. I want, I want somebody so dark he look like three thirty a.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. Got, yeah. Yes. Well, this is something that's come up in these conversations too before. Is that you know that one thing that real love looks like is just being able to be myself. And yeah. not having to, to worry about myself, to be just to be able to be every single part of myself. And I feel yeah. like that, you know, if that helps you be yourself, I think that that's 100% legitimate. You Listen, know? If, I could, if I could find somebody, like my first preference, I just told you my first seven preferences, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah so, we all got so the that, eighth, yeah. so the yeah, eighth, so the eighth preference yes. might, 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 you know, look, look, he might be uh, different. <laughs> <laughs> than, the, than the seven before him but you know um as long as I look as long as I'm happy mm-hmm. as long as I can be myself you mm-hmm. know um and as long as my man allows me to be that way and I allow as long as we have a mutual respect for one another you know like yes. I've never ever said that I can never fall in love with a white person or an Asian person or a Spanish I never said those words I just mm-hmm. prefer a black man you know, and I will go through every last black man before I try somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know what you want. I do. And, and I don't feel like too. I should be criticized for that. No, I don't think you should. Either. Not, no, you're not. But a lot of people do. Uh huh. Like a lot of people, like people that I work with, I work at a church now. All right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not a Christian at all. Uh huh. Good God. Like, I, if I was to have to claim any religion ever, it would be Ekengar. Like, I grew up with that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, 
we had to go through seven interviews to get this job at Grace Church. Seven interviews I had to go through. And Man. the last page of the interview was talk to us about your relationship with Christ. I left that whole page blank, son. Uh-huh. <laughs> you didn't say nothing about it, you know? And they they like, you know, they they say, Well, once you make it to a to an interview with Pastor Craig, you basically got the job. And I was uh-huh. like, Okay. So I made it to an interview with Pastor Craig and the first thing he talked to me about was like, why did you leave this whole page blank? This whole page blank. And I'm like, um, I'm not a Christian and I'm not going to lie to you guys. I want to be a chef here. Okay. I don't, I don't understand how, like, I'm not cooking for Jesus. So I don't understand why, like, I have to be a Christian in order to work here. And he was like, no, absolutely not. You don't. And I got the job. Uh-huh. I got the job. And three weeks later, coronavirus hit. Uh-huh. Everybody at my old job got laid off. Uh-huh. Didn't get paid. Everybody at my current job, I've been getting my full paycheck, Tom, uh-huh. since March 7th. Full 80 hours from the church. Amazing. Beyond amazing. Beyond I amazing. I am, I am, I I mean, I am like the most grateful. Like I step up and I volunteer when they need it. Like I'm it's just and I I my even my own mom was like, Why do you want to work at a church? Like uh-huh. Who, what do you have to do at a church? And I was like, well, I mean, everybody needs to eat. Okay, I this guess. is a great transition into food for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You love food. Mm. Who, what do you love more, food or men? Both Be on the same plate. <laughs> They're both. <laughs> I mean, if there's a way that we can get them both together. Because I've so seen you at a buffet. Pick. I have seen you at a buffet. Oh, stop it. Oh, my God. It is oh. one of my greatest joys in the oh, world. Oh, no! <laughs> to see how excited that you get. Oh, stop it! I love it. It's, what did I, I do? You were just the way you walk to the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a special strut in your walk. And oh, you will tell us will tell us everything about every single piece of food on your because you just love food you love it and you're a cook right i'm a chef yeah there's nothing wrong with being in love with food Mm. no Mm -hmm. no i mean i just you know strut. what i had a strut oh yeah it's a strut it's definitely a strut there's a special pep in your step oh oh yes hey 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 (laughs) (laughs) But I have the question for you because I know food comes up with you a lot. Uh-huh. What What is the actual question that I asked you? How well, are how your love food. for food and men similar? They both how make are me they wet. Different? <laughs> they both make me wet. And if they both good, I can come off both of them. Okay. <laughs> That's first and foremost. <laughs> oh, Lord. They really aren't ready for you. Was I, was I not supposed to say that? You can say whatever you want. Look. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What? Yes. God. I mean, it's like I. There is no comparison here, brother. You're asking me about good food and good dick. How do they both come together for me? In my heart, one is the left (laughs) ventricle and one is the right. You know. I mean, it's just, oh, they are, they are both so important to me. I mean, I, you know, they've both taken me out of dark times, food more than men. 
Mm -hmm. Um, but there have been a few men who have helped me out of dark times and mostly it's food. You know, I, I feel, uh, I feel like my, my, there's no limit to, to my creativity when it comes to food. Like Mm -hmm. I can just go wild and people usually tend to really like it. Like I, I blend stuff together that no one ever thought about before and people actually like it. Yeah, they do. You know, I think this is an important part of what I'm starting to tune into on the podcast, too, is that it's like we've got to have these things. We got to know what we want when we're showing up for love or what we want in love and relationships. But it's also we need to love these other things. And you love food. You're a chef. You just keep you're going full into that, full into this love. It brings you. Yes. It brings you all types of love in your life. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I think that that's great. It's so simple right it's so yeah. simple it doesn't have to be complex it doesn't it doesn't it really have to doesn't, be doesn't man and now you're you're the food and the spirit is combined in one with you working at the church <laughs> <laughs> and you got a paycheck you got a paycheck it you know i i just i feel um just i'm overwhelmed with so many feelings i'm overwhelmed with gratefulness with feeling blessed, just just appreciative of of just the fact that you know I haven't worked since March seventh, and I've still gotten a full two week eighty hour paycheck every two weeks since March seventh up until today. You know, not a lot of people got that. No, like I just you know I'm I'm just just the fact that like even you like. I've known you since I was a kid, and you wanted me to be on your. I'm like me. I said, "Oh boy, don't nobody oh, care course. about what I got to say." Oh, I do. <laughs> I do. I, I'm just feeling. I'm feeling loved from so many other places because I have been feeling so overwhelmed. I've been feeling my energy just be depleted. Like I, I've been out there. It's just. It's. It's hard. It's. It's not easy, mm-hmm. and it's. It's real. I tell you what's really difficult is to do it all with a smile on your face. Yes. That's the hardest part. Yes. And, and you know, like, I don't want to do it if I can't keep a smile on my face. And if yeah. I can't keep a smile on my face, I have to take a break for myself. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. That's real. Mm-hmm. I love you, Tom. I love you, too. Oh, my God. Tom, look at Tom Lloyd. That's right. <laughs> You're the cutest. Um... Uh, one of one of my wondering, have you been in love? Yeah. Oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think everybody has. That's the thing. I and, have. Um, and what 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 does that feel like to you? I love this question. What does it no. feel like to be in love? And I don't mean in love. Nothing that I want to talk about. Oh. <laughs> 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 I mean, do we have to talk about that? Fuck that nigga. No, I'm just. <laughs> 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 we don't have to talk about him. He played me. He played me. No, <laughs> I don't want to talk about him. Um, you don't have to I, talk about him. I was in love. Um, I was in love, but you know, like that was maybe me just thinking that I was in love, and maybe I really wasn't. Mm. That's what I'd like to think. I'd like to think that I was just young and called it something that it really wasn't because mm. um, it it was painful. Is what it was. It was painful. Yeah. It wasn't something that I would ever want to go through again. So would you say you're stopping yourself from that because of that? 
Yep, I sure as hell would. You you are? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up. <laughs> yep. Yup. Amen. Hallelujah. You wanna love me? Turn around, go back that away. I don't want any of it. Nope. I stop relationships before they even try to start. I'd be like, nope, no, thank you. Bye. Nope. But yeah. as you say this, do you not have a man on the way to come visit you? Yeah, because that's just for dick. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck him. All right. Okay, yes. Yeah. Since, since, since you want to go there, Tom. So you're okay? keeping it. I was just telling you that personal reasons but you want to you want to go on ahead and blast me okay cool tom y'all you know what you got damn right i got a nigga coming over here to fuck the shit out of me and guess what i'm a fuck camp from the front the back and sideways and guess what else <laughs> guess what else he not ever gonna be my man though whoa well <laughs> he <look>. said whoa <laughs> i said whoa I've well, tried. Look, I, I can tried edit that to out. I do not have to edit it out. <laughs> I do not have to edit it out. Please do. Oh my God, why? Please edit it out. You got me looking like a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> look, you said it. <laughs> I told you this was going to be broadcast. Okay, fine. Shit. No, don't edit nothing out then. Well, we'll see. I want to be respectful of your, of how. No, no, you can keep it straight there. Listen, he, he really wants to come to my. He came out here last weekend, Tom, mm -hmm. and I did not meet with him. You want to know why? Because I was trying to, you know, have a little respect for myself. Uh-huh. But meanwhile, my pussy is begging for him to come. Like, and uh -huh. I had to, I had to slap myself and my pussy just twice. Like, you know, <laughs> nope, we're not fucking with this man today. We're not going to do it with him. And meanwhile, now here he comes, and I was thinking about not going, but now that, you know, you've broadcasted it, I, I might as well, you know, hey, get a little empty <laughs> do. <laughs> I'm so glad nobody can see that. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, keep, you're like, you're so much. You're everything. Um, <laughs> but you're keeping it. You're keeping it transactional, is what it sounds like. Uh -huh. You're keeping it transactional. Well, um, I mean, transactions are to be made and had, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, they sure are. You yeah. don't have to tell me. Okay. You do not have to tell me. <laughs> All right. Look, I could mimic a lot of what you just said. Look, like you're speak, you're not speaking just for yourself. Like, <laughs> you're really not on that one you're just speaking the truth because it's not always about love sometimes it is about sex yeah and sometimes you know we have needs and i don't think that people should necessarily feel guilty or shameful about those at all yeah one of um, your questions that you asked me was about that which was what what's more you important actually, sex or love right and i said and i said um hold on let me let me see I said, I love that you have to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what do I think? Okay. <laughs> I, I said, I said, love is more important because sex is easy to find. It sure is. Okay. So love is more important. And then you asked another question, which I really wanted to talk about, but you didn't even get on that. Okay. Well, what was the question? I forgot the question. I just know my answer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I think you said something about growing up. What did love mean to you? Yes. Did, yeah. You want to answer that? So yeah. What yeah. did what did love look like growing up for you? Dysfunctional. Okay. 
as hell. Okay. <laughs> All right. It was super dysfunctional. Um, uh-huh. What I actually wrote was growing up, love meant a lot of things, showed in a lot of ways, most of which were dysfunctional. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, I used to get beat and told I love you afterwards, you know, um, cussed out and told you're special afterwards, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, love was not always, but what people need to realize is that the people who did that to me, that happened to them. Uh-huh. Yep. This is a chain reaction. You know yep. what I'm saying? This is what and happened. You know, I got abused when I was young and and that it was a string of abuse in families yes. above me. It wasn't yes. just me. Yeah, exactly. So I, I can't even put it all on my own Parents. biological father. No, it's, yeah. it's not on them. It's on the whole exactly. family. Exactly. It's a lineage of this shit. Yes. Well, I think this this is this is the really important stuff. This is important because this is the stuff that it's like the boundaries and what we're standing up for in our love lives Mm -hmm. in some ways. And some of these is sometimes what we're doing is breaking generations of cycles. You know, and that's exactly what I am here to do, Uh even though I don't have any kids. I'm mm-hmm. here to break these generational cycles, like uh-huh. these generational, uh, these the, just generational forms of abuse. Because just because you have gone through it doesn't mean you have to do it to your to your kids. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, you know, like my mom got beat, beat, okay, uh-huh. whooped, and then and I remember her. I remember. I remember being a young girl when my mom tried other forms of punishment. Like Mm -hmm. she used to make me write 1000 times in a book, or she used to make me stand against the wall in a squatted position for hours. Now that now they they were all abuse, (laughs) but Uh some of them just weren't physical, Uh you know, and she was trying, she was trying to be different. And that's what I salute about this woman the most. Mm-hmm. She was trying to break the the cycle and, 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 and what she knew, she knew that that didn't help her and she didn't want to do that to her kid. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So would you say that love shows up dysfunctionally for you now sometimes? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you... <laughs> <laughs> So is there a way that you're, so is your way to deal with that is just to not, or yep. are there a way, are there any other ways that you're trying to I mean, if it's a, like a, like a, break that like, dysfunctionality? Not when it comes to like romantically, no, but no. like in every other way, yes, I'm trying to break it, but romantically, like I'll be fine just by myself. Shit. Oh yeah. Is that what, mm-hmm. is that what the ultimate plan is? I think so. I'm honestly speaking, because like, it's really just, it's really hard for me to, um, yeah, I, I just really feel like I'm not going to be with anybody. Like, but you, you just know. said earlier, you're going to be with a black man. Yeah. I want to be, is what I said. You want to be. Okay. Yeah. I didn't say I was going to be. Okay. I said I want to be. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, shit. We all know we don't always get what we want. That's true. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, I feel like, you know, I, my voice will be more powerful, maybe, maybe, um, maybe helping other people instead of trying to gain a man. Mm-hmm. You know what I well, mean? Well, I mean, this is also another thing that I've ran, run into on a lot of the interviews is that you, 
one thing that you have to do is just cultivate self-love for yourself. Did you just have to love yourself? Yeah. And just do you. You can't you can't be relying on somebody else for your source of love. You have to love yourself. Yeah. You know, so if you if you got that, ooh, I don't even know what what are you that looks like a, a knife that's caught in a comb. Mm-hmm. That's Show right. Show is. <laughs> Bring that to the street. My God. Just like, in case. This is where I go. I, I mean I take this everywhere with me. Really? Yeah, it's less than six inches. It's safe. It's That's legal. Cold. That's and cold. I will, I will stab a motherfucker. She's got a hair comb. that has got a knife in it. That's what she just called out. <laughs> <laughs> As we're talking about her potential future love life. So, just to let you know, <laughs> her dysfunctional love life. Oh, my God, Amina. Like, do not mess with this woman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, Tom. Well, this is all really um it's really wonderful. You wanted to talk about your eye. There's something there that you want to talk about. What is it that you want to talk about with your eye? Okay. You want to just tell the story? All right. There's something about love that people need to hear about this experience as well, I feel like. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Anyways, okay, so basically what I wanted to talk about was the fact that I, I, I lost my eye and it started off as just a really quick background story. It started off as like pink eye symptoms and I went to the urgent clinic and at Target and they gave me a pink eye prescription and then I realized that it wasn't pink eye and you know, your a, a, a normal eye pressure is anywhere between I think like 13 and 20 or something like that. Mine was 42. So when I went to the ophthalmologist with my mom, who salute to her has always been there every time I've ever needed her. And um, we went to the ophthalmologist and he was like, you know, um, well, we can, we can shoot lasers into your eye, you know, periodically every couple of years to relieve the pressure. And, um, and I, and I was like, okay. And he was like, and then, you know, if that doesn't work, then we can just, you know, get rid of the eye. I was like, oh, I'm, <coughs> I'm sorry, what? Get, uh-huh. get, get rid of who? I'm sorry, get rid of, get rid of what now? My eye? No, that's not going to happen. Um, so anyways, I went, I mean, crawling on my hands and knees. I crawled up. My mom and Steven had to, Steven's my stepfather, had to help me into the chair to get this laser shot into my eye, which I felt everything. It went straight to the back of my brain and it felt like my brain was exploding. But I went through that for seven months just because I didn't want to physically lose my eye because I felt like my eye was beauty. I felt Uh like if I lost my eye, I'm not going to be pretty anymore. You know, like I'm not going to be beautiful anymore. It got to the point where I begged my doctor to take my eye out. Wow. Sounds awful. So I got there and I was like, you know, I said, please take it out. I said, just take it out. And he was like, take, I, I said, yup, the eye, take it out. <laughs> and, and, and we, and we went through the whole process and I, I made a video of me the last time with both of my real God-given eyes and, you know, and then after that, I, um, I had to wear a patch for five months. I didn't go outside the house. Um, I never made eye contact with people. I just, I really 
felt uh, I lost. I always thought I was pretty. But when that happened to me, mm-hmm. I didn't think I was pretty anymore. I thought that, um, you know, I was like, wow, like, Like, I I expect, you know, you to lose your beauty at like 60 or 70 or something like that. But here I am 30 years old and I lost it. And there's no way I can get it back because I can't get my eye back. So I'm just going to be ugly forever. And and then, you know, and I I went for almost a whole year and a half not making eye contact with anybody, not Uh like just looking down. And and then I I had to I had to realize that, you know, I something happened. I begged, I begged, I prayed and I begged, I begged God to just, to make me not so superficial, to make me realize that my beauty is not what's on the outside, but it's what's on the inside. And I always knew that, but I was just blessed to have beauty on the outside to the point where I was like, oh, I have this beauty on the outside, but I have to make the inside match, you know? And then, Uh and I, and I, I succeeded with that, but then it's like, then the beauty on the outside, you lose a piece of that. And it's like, oh, wow, smack in the face. Oh, my goodness. Whoa, what's going on here? And I had to realize that I am not, I am so much more than eye contact. Like, I am so much more than, you know, people see me, even if my eyes are closed. People can see me. Yeah, they sure can. So I had to learn how to love myself all over again because I just I I had to go I had to go through people making fun of me at a later age in life people Uh making fun of me family members everything Uh like no one's excluded from this and I had to just realize that you know um I am beautiful and even if I'm the only person on this earth that feels that way, I am beautiful. And once I realized that, everybody else just started coming around, like, you know, telling me, oh, you should start blogs and you should start and you you could do this and you could do that. And I'm like, I mean, look, hold on. I just found out I was beautiful, like at two o'clock today. Uh-huh. You know, it's 345 now. You guys talk about blogs. Uh (laughs) uh-huh pineapples i mean wait a minute okay Uh, uh uh-huh there are people out there who lose a physical part of themselves and then they just lose all hope and trust and love within themselves and i wanted to share my story because i want if anybody else out there is going through anything like this you lose an arm you lose a limb you know like yeah you have to go through life all over again. You know, you have to, you have to, you have to learn how to do things all over again. I have to learn how to drive all over again, but you can do it. And your, your, your physical losses don't have, they have nothing to do with your internal beauty. Well, how did you, what I'm interested in there is because I feel like people have heard this a lot, right? You have to find, you have to love yourself or you have to find, how to love yourself or you have to find the beauty that's inside but how did you do that is there any way that you can describe it like how did you get there especially when you weren't there does does that make sense um, like what did how did like where did you find it within yourself how did you get to that realization do you know what i mean yeah you know i didn't do it a healthy way (laughs) what does that mean i i said i cried i I shut myself off from life and 
it got to the point where I was just tired of being by myself. It got to the point where I just, you know, like I wanted human in- interaction. And, and I realized that in order to have that, you have to have eye contact, you know, and eye contact was my biggest thing. I, I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, like my boss be looking at me or talking to me and I'd be looking right down like, yep, yes. Okay. All right. Like I, it was something that I had to go, I didn't do it. I wish that I would have done it differently. Like I wish I, I would have asked for help or, you know, um, maybe expressed what I was going through with other people, you know, or maybe joined a group. I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is that the way that I did do it, mm-hmm. it wasn't the best way. When because I did it all on my own. Well, a lot of people have to face some of these things on their own. I feel like I'm wondering if it, once you started making eye contact with people, was that the trigger? Was that what started making you feel beautiful again? Well, once I started making eye contact with people and then I didn't get offended when they looked behind them, like when I was talking to them and, and, and speaking to Tom, you did this to me a few times. Uh I'm looking at you and I'm talking to you and you turned around. Like I was talking to somebody behind you because you couldn't tell who I was looking at. Uh Like that is like the worst thing for me. So Uh once I started to get over that, Uh once I like, once I'll I'll be like, turn around. No, it's me looking at you. I'm talking to you, me right here. Uh You know, once (laughs) I, once I had that, like once, once I was not scared of that anymore, then it was just game over. It was game over. What, what do you mean game over? It was game over. Like, like I'm, I'm like, I, I was no longer insecure about it. Ah, okay. And then what? And then what happened? Because you were no longer insecure, then what? Like, it, it gave me a strength, like an inner strength. Hmm. It gave me, it gave me something that I was lacking before because I, I didn't want to be embarrassed. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like I, I didn't want to be like, I just didn't want to experience that. But, you know, once I realized that um, I'm really the only person that could allow myself to be embarrassed and I'm really the only person that can stop myself from true growth. Right. It's just me. It's, it's, not, it's, it's no one else. Like they're, they're, they're just being them. Like right. that's all that they're doing. Like it's up to me to be able to be able to uh, differentiate between those who are really making fun of me and those who, maybe just don't even know, you know? So do you feel like this has allowed you to, has it, this showed up in other ways in your life? Like in the way that you show up in all different types of ways? Like, do you just feel like you aren't as embarrassed anymore in general about anything? No way. Cause you know, you already know me. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering like, if that's what, this is like the one thing that I was embarrassed about. Like, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm kind of, kind of trying to figure out is like, did that like break a dam for you in a like just if that makes sense like it just let everything out once you were able to deal with that one thing um did it help you be stronger to just be yourself wherever you were Uh, yes in a in a way In uh in a way i would say that it did because what it did was it just it, it kind of it kind of uh solidified the strength that i already knew i had if that makes sense you know like sense. I was already strong in so many other areas, but this one area was a big weak area to the point where it made me feel weak in other areas. And so once I conquered that one, I was uh-huh. like, oh my God, like there's no, I mean, my goodness, like what podcast? Okay. Okay. I'll do uh-huh. it. Uh huh. You know, whereas I never would have before. It gave yeah. me strength. It gave yeah. me strength. It gave me confidence, like without even, 
I'm not even talking about the physical. It gave me an inner strength. Yeah. Like, because I, I, I just, I know how strong I had to be to get over this. I just already know. And how long did you know that it was the eye contact? Did, were you aware? Because sometimes I feel like we go yeah. through life and we just, we're not even aware that this is what's holding us back. But were, did you know that, were you like, was it, how, how yeah. it was very aware for you? Yeah, because okay. I always had a lazy eye, you even since I was a kid. Oh, really? You know, but the only thing about it was that eye was mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like, I conquered that already. Like uh-huh. by the time I was like 16 years old, I already conquered that. Now, now I had to do it all over again. Right. And this time with an eye that's not mine. Right. And, and, and the, the mobility is limited mm-hmm. with, a, with a fake eye. So it was, um, it was much rougher. It was a lot tougher. It was, it was, uh, it, it was, it was, a, it, it was just, it was, it was hard. Sounds hard. But I mean, it's interesting because I feel like the lesson to carry forward for people is to face that one thing that you're ignoring. Yeah. And, and if, yeah. If, if, you, if it's right there, that fear, to face it somehow, to just look up. Yeah. It can be a very simple way to face it. It could be the hardest thing to do, but it could also be very simple. Yeah. And, and also to just know that, you know, it is, it's not going to be easy, you know? And yeah. honestly, like, I hate to say this and I might be wrong, but if it is easy, that, that's not the hardest thing that you're going through in your life then. Right. You know, if, if it's something easy for you to overcome, then that's not the hardest challenge that you're going through. Like you have to dig a little bit deeper, you right. know, like, like, and I, I just, I had to go through it. And, but today, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm so happy that I did. Tom, I went through physical pain for almost seven months because I didn't want to face this challenge. Yeah. I had lasers shot in my eye like 20 times because I didn't, because I wasn't brave enough to go through the other side of it. But I did. And, and I just wanted to let people know that they can too. And whether it's, I mean, it's just, for me, it's your eye, you know, some people, they, they lose their mind, child, you know, mm-hmm. some people, <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's, it's different for everybody. Some people, some people just, I, I have no idea, but Everybody that's listening to this podcast, they're going to have something that they're going through and, and just know that you can get over that also. Yeah. And that's what I want. That's why I wanted to share my eyes. My mom was like, you wanted to share? You, you going <laughs> to talk about that, Amina? <laughs> of course. I was like, yeah. I mean, it's There's, Tom. Thanks like, for sharing that. I think it's really important. I'm glad that you, that you really wanted to share that because I think it's going to help a lot of people. I, you know, I just, I hope that it does, you know what I mean? And, and then, and and even if it doesn't, like, I just, I felt the need to want to share it. And I Mm -hmm. just hope that this podcast makes people laugh. Me too. Oh, it's gonna, oh man, (laughs) there's, there's some stuff in here that's like. Oh my God, I can't wait for you to send it to me. Yeah, well, you're going to get it sent to you, so. um, I'll play, don't play with it. I'm not playing with it. Um, I'm leaving it all in. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, what about you though? Like, what no, stop it. No, pause. Pineapples. Okay. Um, what's going on with you? Okay, okay. What was your what was your main reason for leaving Minnesota? What was my main reason for me leaving Minnesota? Oh. Yeah. I feel like I yeah. My main reason for leaving Minnesota was that I had to um 
Why do you ask that question, first of all? Because... I feel like I saw something on the answers that you sent me, but... Because you left here, uh-huh. one person, and then you came back somewhere totally different. You think so? I know so. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I want to know, like, I, I... Yeah, like, yeah, you, you came back. Yeah, think, you did. I think a part of me didn't really know. It was a, a subconscious thing, and part of it was almost like a spiritual quest in a way. I just needed mm-hmm. to go. New York really kind of resonates with me in a way. That's just one thing. But I think ultimately I was thinking about this and, you know, part of it is because I think in Minneapolis people, I, I, I'm a person, if you don't know, I'm deep in the community usually. I'm, I'm amidst a lot of different people. Yeah. And um, I think that I had to get out of that environment to be a new person. I like I, I or not even a new person, more of my own self, because sometimes people are attached to the way that you show up in the world. You know? okay, yeah. And I remember I actually remember I don't know if you ever met Farrington. Have you ever met my, 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 uh, have you ever met my friend Farrington? Uh, no, I don't even he's uh, no. he's one of my good friends. And uh, someday I'm going to get him on this show. And he's also a black dude. And we were in a car one day and he was talking to me and he was like, Lloyd, he's like, seriously, I'm reading this book. And it's all about, you know, if you like, you really want to do something, you've got to, you've got to, you got to retreat from the world, not even retreat, but it was like cut all the attachments to people that you know and things that you know and all of this. And I remember riding down the road and I was really scared for him because I was like, I was like, Farrington, you do not need to disappear to be yourself. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I was like, I want you to just be able to be yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, nah, man, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I was like, I was like a little bit perturbed because I just, I didn't want him to leave my life in a way, you know, but I get him after moving to New York, I get what he was talking about now because I needed these different perspectives in my life to drop out so that I could just show up to myself to be more of myself, to have less, I don't know, attachments to people, uh, if that makes sense. Okay. Can we talk about anything on here? Yeah, sure. I mean, why not? Okay, I remember when we were younger, like in high school, Uh and you and the other Tom used to smoke weed. Okay. Heavily. Okay, that was not me until senior year. Okay. But mostly I was drinking. Tom was definitely smoking, but just to clear the record, but that doesn't mean that I didn't do that. (laughs) Okay. So I was just like, I was just, shocked and then you know um i stopped talking to you Mm. back then because i didn't do any of that stuff Uh and and i was like how can this guy be i'm just telling you the truth yeah go for it yeah yeah like how could this guy be so ekified and my mom wants me to be his friend and she don't even know he's my weight in the back (laughs) 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 i'm like you know and so when did you realize that when did you stop well like well no no when not even when did you stop like when did you realize I guess that um that you should stop or would stop or did stop smoking and stuff like that yeah because I remember talking to you one time on the phone uh uh-huh and you were with the other Tom Uh uh-huh and y'all were smoking yeah and I was like oh no no I said oh no I said oh bye (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well that's good to know that that perspective was out there at the time um 
And then I started smoking way after that. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, we all did. That's the thing. It's like we all had to get there somewhere. Part of it is that I think my my experience with that needed to come a little earlier so I could quit a little earlier. Um, but um, um, I don't know how to answer that quickly. It has to do with love, to be honest. A lot of it has to do with love, I think. And it's, um, you know, I was the party king of my high school. Like I'm in the yearbook as the life of the party. So like I was out there, you know, I was out there. I was on that life and I was on that life for a really long time. And I was on it so long that I was more for like a decade almost, <clears throat> was more used to that state of conscious, state of mind, state of motion, state of being than I was used to being sober. I didn't even know what it was like to be sober after a while. I didn't know what that feeling in my body as an adult was like. And I feel like when I, on the, in my, on the first like real big like relationship and heartbreak, there was some substance abuse problems, especially with my partner. He's like definitely an alcoholic. And there was just some stuff that came up there. And I was like, yo, I got to clean this up for a while. Like while my heart is broken, I got to clean this up. And that's when I started playing, I would call it like playing around with sobriety. I would play around with it. <laughs> like just get yeah. get that sensation um like working out just like you go to the gym like getting that consciousness used to being in my body and then i you know i did that for several months and then i would go back to my old ways and then i would do it for several months and on and on and off and and till i just did it for a year and then i've been doing it now for five years or more almost six years so i don't know yeah. it's, it's a bit it's been really difficult for me uh-huh because it is difficult because you know like you know uh in my family you were taught to well first of all my father wanted a boy oh lord so you know i taught to just shut the fuck up you know what i'm saying and just be strong all the time like i literally held my grandmother's hand while she died right next to my father and he walked into a bathroom and I know he cried in there, but he never did it in front of me. And when my only brother died, me and my father were there together and he walked away and I know he cried, but he didn't do it in front of me. And he left me to be there for his other kid, uh-huh. which I don't appreciate because I was going through my own stuff at the same time. Uh huh. I don't need to be strong for my sisters. Like you're, the man like you're supposed to be strong for all of your kids here right you know by me being strong for my sisters it meant that i never cried for my brother Ooh, uh-huh. i still to this day have never cried for my brother and every time i talk about him i get like this but i don't actually cry uh-huh i just get emotional uh-huh and i feel like that's selfish of him to do to me of your dad yes I feel like it's extremely selfish of him to do. To it might me. be selfish for him and not selfish enough for you. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? You might not need to take the time to cry. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah. But You might you need know, to do it for yourself. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not going to happen because my father is, like, I mean, that's just not going to happen. Nobody allowed me the permission, so I can't do it. Like, nobody said that. I mean, I go ahead and, and just feel what you want to feel. Like, nobody said that. So I'm just supposed to be strong for everybody. And everybody expects me to be strong. So that's what I'm going to be, strong. I'm giving you permission to cry. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I'm and, giving you permission to cry. 
Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing I think also that's coming into the world a little bit more right now is that vulnerability is not weakness. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. It's not. It's not. But it's looked like as it, such yes, in, in different communities. It is. But the courage to go there sometimes is worth it. And I don't know culturally, especially with Somalian and stuff like that, I don't really know. But Hell yeah, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hell yeah, you yeah. don't know. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. I love you, Tom. I love you. I mean, I was so nervous about this at first, but then uh-huh. the last couple of days, I just, I became more excited before nervous because I was just like, whoa, like, I mean, wow. I was like, thank you for even wanting to hear what I have to say. Of so course. I really, really appreciate it. And, hey, turn up. That's turn right. Turn <laughs> You know, I feel like <laughs> one thing that I think is um, there's one, maybe this will be the transition to my last question for you. Oh, but, you know, Lord. one thing that I think is that I'm especially interested with you, especially in this moment, is that you are such, a, to me at least, uh, an example of just Black joy and joy. You, like in me, the even just thinking about you I feel like I start like stomping my feet up and down (laughs) with like with how much explosive joy that you uh embody in me and if we if I can share that with the world right now I feel like that is you know I think that's I think the world needs that I feel like joy is a form of protest also you know I just and I just feel like people need to hear your voice and um so so i need everybody to smile you know what i'm saying listen yes george floyd died all right george floyd died and yes that is sad and yes we need to create a movement and yes we need to protest and you know what maybe we need to burn the whole fucking city down but we also need to remember love we need to remember that the world is not full of hate that's right. We need to remember that um, we need to remember that each and every one of our lives means something. Yes, we're fighting for Black Lives Matter. Just because we're fighting for Black Lives Matter does not mean that all lives don't matter. But we're fighting for Black Lives right now. That's right. And that's what we're doing. And 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 just you know, please give us that respect. Give us the respect to to fight for our lives, to fight for our people, to fight for the people that died before us and the ones that died before them and the ones that died before them and the ones that will die after us because it's going to continue to happen unless a real change is being made. So allow us to fight for Black lives because BLM is a movement and also respect the people acknowledge the people who are not black that are fighting for that movement exactly expect expect and respect them and also expect others to not fight for us expect others to not want to be on our side to to tell us that we're wrong and and to claim that they're right you know expect that but don't don't 
don't move don't move around those people because those people are full of hate you know move around the people that uplift your energy and make you feel great move around those people move around the ones that make your soul smile move yes. around the people that have been doing this for a while like That's they've right. been doing it they've been marching they've been fighting for our rights whether they are black whether they are brown whether they are white they're still fighting there is no color to justice we're fighting for black lives but there are people out there who believe just as much as we do in our movement support them don't knock everybody because of the color of their skin. There are police officers out there on their knees and not they're 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 doing that for us. They're fighting for us. They're making a movement. They're standing in 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 solid in in solidarity to, for us. That's what they're doing. And we need to as a people, as a human race, we need to just, you know, we need to support each and every person who is on our side, who is fighting for our rights, who, who is, is on the side for right and is saying, fuck the wrong. We need to fight for all these people. But most importantly, you know, we need to fight for ourselves. But there are other people out there who are joining our fight and don't knock them just because they're white. Don't knock them just because they don't look like you. You know, ignorance comes in all shades and colors. I got a nigga in my life that's Asian. I got a nigga who's Mexican. I got a nigga who's white. I got a nigga who's <laughs> black. Okay? There, I have so many niggas in my life. Nigga only means ignorant. Ignorant only means the fact that you don't know and are not willing to learn. Mm. Okay? So I have so many ignorant people in my life. I just want everyone in this world, wh whoever's listening to me, if anybody hears me, if anybody can hear me, I just want you to know that if you are fighting for human peace, I fucks with you the long <laughs> way. Yes, that's right. I fucks with you the long way and I love you from one soul to the next soul. I love you and I thank you so much for what you're doing for my people. But at the end of the day, we're all people. We're all children of God. That's all. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's all i love it <laughs> i love it so much yeah and you know even it's even even i can help you laugh to keep going there's so many ways that we can show up for people right now do you know what i mean yeah there's so many ways that you can give support and um some of them are very tactical in like donating to bailouts donating to organizations, figuring out where your money's going, showing up in the street, uh, you know, maybe taking a look at a lot more black people in your life, checking around where you're at. And, but, and then there's these other ways that are like seriously just giving love, showing up, showing mm -hmm. support, just letting people know that you're with them. Yeah. Like your mom, it's huge. So don't, um, if you want to help out, you know, listen to Amina. <laughs> Yeah, there are ways. There are ways. You know, there are ways. There are many, there many are ways. There are definitely ways. You could be behind the scenes giving yes. back. 
Yes. You know what I'm saying? I have been out there on the front lines for six days and I had to take a break. You know why? Because, you know, I felt like my energy was just depleting. Like Mm -hmm. I just, I needed to rejuvenate myself. I needed to, because I can't, I, there's no way. I'm going to put one solid way that you can support the movement Mm. out there. You could just give Amina food. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, just make sure it's seasoned. (laughs) <laughs> so that she could keep walking right? okay because we don't yeah. need no raisins in the potato salad no so, <laughs> i want everything to be seasoned if you're gonna donate food my way okay yeah i don't want anything unseasoned if you can't use salt and black pepper baby say yeah. that shit and um and just go on ahead and just and and just use your funds and 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 put them towards an actual cause don't, That's right. Do not donate food to the Help Amina Eat Fund <laughs> if it's not seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> donate that somewhere else. Or just don't donate it all. Do something else. Um, I love you, Tom. I love Dang, you, too. We wow. can end it there. We I'm so it. happy about this. Me, too. I mean, I was going to, I don't know if this is even a question that you want to ask, because it might be, that could just be the end of the interview. What? But I was going to ask, because you're so hilarious. What is the funniest story that is about your love life? What is the funniest to just like let's leave it on that in your the love funniest, life? The fir- yeah, the what do you have a story like life. like what is the fun because you're funny as hell? What is the funniest story that's ever happened in your love life? Um, okay, uh, well, there was this one nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so anyways, okay, this, I mean, this is, I mean, okay, listen, I'm just gonna say it, because I'm pissed, I've never told anybody this, ever, in the history history of niggadom, and I'm about to, I'm about to go from nobody to everybody, okay, Uh so, here we go, um, yeah, here we go, (laughs) grab your cups, shit, um, so anyways, there was this, there was this guy that walked up to me, and it was like, it was snowing that day, and 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 I I had put on my gloves, and he gonna say he gonna say to me, "Ooh, I wish I was a gloves so I could touch your hand." I was like, "Ew, that's corny." <laughs> I was like, "That's ridiculous, yuck, bye, that's disgusting." And then you know he was so persistent. Every day he came outside my job and talked to me every single day. And then we ended up dating each other for six years. Six years. Six years. Six. <laughs> He got the glove on the hand. Ah! (laughs) But let me tell you what he did, though. Uh So we we took a road trip. I don't even know if this is a story. I'm just going to tell it, okay? This is a story. Why not? We we drove to go. uh, His uncle died, and we had to drive from New Jersey to North Carolina. All right? Mm -hmm. And, um... And so I woke up, like I was sleeping in the car and I woke up and went to go drink some juice and it was his piss because he pissed oh, in a bottle. Oh, 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 <laughs> But I turned and spit it in his face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened? Ah! He was mad. He pulled over. Fuck that. Oh, well. Bye. I get a rid of... Go. go uh, nothing to say. <laughs> I was I was so, like, embarrassed that I fucking drank your piss. And I didn't even swallow, though. So I just... 
And I just turned and just spit it right all in his face. And he just, he was so mad. He gonna call his father. Talking about, you will never believe what she did. I said, and I called my mom, you will never believe what he did. <laughs> I said, okay, so so you really want to go there? You want these problems? Uh-huh. You guys made it to the funeral? Uh, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> really? I left. You left. That I was said, it. Pu- I said, pull me over and drop me off at the next bus stop. Wow. I was gone. That was at the end of it? Uh, We'll talk about that another time. All right. So just in the meantime. <laughs> but that be- was the end of it that time. Be careful where you piss. <laughs> be careful where you piss. And if you piss in bottles, empty it out. Dang. <laughs> Oh my God! Why Amina. do you keep those? Are those souvenirs? Yeah. What the hell? Oh my God! <laughs> You're amazing. You bring so much joy to my life. You bring so much joy That's to my life. That's the only funny thing I can think of. That was hilarious. I love that. Thank you for thank you for that. Thank you for that. I love you, Tom. I love you. Uh, you look like Adolf Hitler. I look okay. Thank you. <laughs> In the era where white supremacists are coming down, I look like Adolf Hitler. Ah, uh, yeah. Just because I got a mustache, look, I look sexy with this mustache. Did you see my shit? Yes, I seen your shit. Yes, I'm not. I'm very careful. This is. Uh, we are recording. I'm not gonna put a Hitler salute up right now. Listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to make. You're trying to catch me. No, I never wanted you to do it back. I just no, wanted to make sure you saw no, me. I do saw it. you. I saw you. <laughs> yeah, Hitler. My hair is going crazy with this. I got. I know. You oh know what? It's, I look like Dragon Ball dope, Z. Though. I feel like. I like. No, I don't know who that so? is. Dragon Ball Z. Those anime no characters with the hair that's like fire. Oh no! It's no like, idea. No idea. Yeah, my hair is crazy. So. But you know what? You are the sexiest. Oh, thank you. Oh my goodness gracious, baby. Whoa. Oh, stop it. Ah! Is that a nipple? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Um, I love you. I love you too. Oh Thank you so God. much for doing it. I feel very honored. Um, wow, I feel honored that you even asked, boo. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm just, I just love you. For I the love rest you too. Of my life, I will Me love too. you. If I die tomorrow, just know I love you. And if I and die tomorrow, and my family, you hear my family out there talk about some Amina didn't want y'all to do that. They lying. Burn the <laughs> shit up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's right. Burn the city up. Amina would have wanted that. Look, I got it on record right here. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, baby. Uh, I love you so much. You have a I good rest you. of your day, okay? You too. Bye. Oh, bye, baby. I love you. Love you too. Bye. Oh my God, Amina is the absolute best. She's so hilarious, so joyful, and she just speaks the truth the way it is for her, and I absolutely love it. There is so much about the heart and love to take away from this episode i hope you got at least one takeaway i have so many um i always encourage you to 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 take your own truth away i'm interested in what yours would be uh for this one uh here are mine for miss amina number one joy in this case black joy and specifically amina style joy I hope you soaked up some of the priceless joy in this episode. I hope it hit you. I hope you laughed. I hope your spirits got lifted. I hope it helped you move deeper into this work that we are all confronted with now. Uh, 
Of course, we can move through these moments with anger, with passion, ferocity, love, solidarity, and even violence if necessary. But we can also move through these moments with joy. It helps open the heart, lighten the load, and keep us moving towards this work that must be done. And remember, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to feel good during these moments. It helps us keep going. Number two, the image Amina shared at the top of the episode, the one with the plastic bag over her head and not being able to breathe the same air as white people, is just etched into my head. I don't know if that stayed with you, but it definitely did with me. It gave me a new meaning to the saying, I can't breathe. So... As non-black folks, some of what we do can be like Amina said, it can poke holes in that bag to help a sister in need breathe. But what would it look like to just remove the bag completely? This is why there is so much talk about defunding the police, abolishing the police, and creating a new system for public safety right now. We don't need to cut a bigger hole in the bag so that Amina can breathe a little bit better. We just need to get rid of the bag. Reform isn't enough. Defunding, it's a good start. But abolishing the police is the answer. We've got to get rid of the bag around Amina's head. We've got to get rid of the bag around America's head. Standing behind that is some real love. Consider standing behind abolition. I'm not asking you to do it yet, but just consider it. Number three, supporting black people in this movement at the most intimate levels can be incredibly powerful right now. Did you hear what an impact her mother's support gave Amina? True support to black family members, chosen family, or friends could mean the world right now. Potentially a tremendous act of love, especially if you've never given support in this way. Show up for your people and stand behind them. A side note here is that support doesn't mean help me understand the situation. That's the opposite of support because it's just emotional labor and black people are already incredibly emotionally taxed right now. Simply show support, love, and care behind black people's actions, voices, and opinions. To be clear, I'm talking about personal relationships here, which is the focus of this podcast. My point is the personal support behind black people in your life can help immensely while they tackle systemic change. It can also help you navigate how you personally show up to fight systemic oppression. Number four, face that one thing that you've been afraid of. It could change your whole life. Remember what Amina said, you're the only person who can stop you from true growth. You're also the only person who can confront your own fear. So do it. There are gifts waiting for you on the other side. Number five, injustice, trauma, and pain are passed down in families just as easily as wealth and good fortune. We run into them in our relationships and family all the time. These patterns are good to be aware of in order to navigate your own personal worlds and intimate relationships. Also, in this moment in history, we have the opportunity to heal centuries of trauma, pain, and injustice for our country and the world, institutions, and the whole of society. However, remember, we also have the opportunity to end generations of trauma within ourselves, our families, and our intimate relationships. Help heal all of it. Number six, the phrase, keep it moving, kept coming up throughout this interview. Did you hear all the ways Amina kept it moving with incredible strength during adversity? 
Life demands that we all keep it moving, no matter what the color of our skin. But the question to me right now is, what can I do to make it easier for black people in my life to keep it moving, both personally and systemically? Think about it. Number seven, if you say things like, they're not ready, people aren't ready, the world isn't ready, maybe the real person who isn't ready is you. I was particularly struck by how Amina talked about this. Number eight, going out to protest could very well make you happy. Like Amina said, it might make your heart smile. Not only that, but there's a great chance that your visibility will help black people in your life feel supported. If anger doesn't motivate you, maybe love and happiness will. Go protest. Number nine, no matter where you're at with social justice work, it feels like everyone is leveling up right now with it. As you heard, Amina has been protesting for decades now, but only in this moment did she get the courage to get on a megaphone, start some chants, and even sing. It's so clear to me that her voice is amplifying greater, and so is her heart. So I wonder, how are you leveling up in regards to social change right now? Consider that leveling up might bring you more love into your life. Number 10. I love Amina's love of food. She said that there's no limit to her creativity with food. Part of me thinks it's simply because she loves it so much. She also said food has saved her in dark times more than men. It reminds me to not rely on all our love coming from people or our relationships, but also by just what we do in life. So a reminder, what do you love? And how can you dive headfirst into what you love? Number 11, not everyone is looking for love. Sometimes the pain of heartbreak is so large, we don't want to open that door again, or we don't want to open it right now because we're not ready. Uh, We may just be looking for sex, and there's no shame in that game, but it's good to know where you stand and to be ready to communicate that with others. Amina definitely doesn't have a problem with that. Number 12, eye contact. It's so simple, so easy to take for granted, and so easy to avoid but it can change everything. It did for Amina. In a world where phones and electronics are increasingly taking our attention away from each other, remember how powerful eye contact can be, especially with your loved ones. Number 13, if you've been going hard on the protesting or in other ways to support what's going on in the world with this uprising, you might wanna give yourself a break. Remember, take care of yourself. Give yourself love and care so that you can keep the momentum up and keep moving. You're no help to anyone if you're burnt out. Number 14, Amina's voice, black voices, black female voices. Can you believe that in the past, Amina might not have shared her voice? That she thought that no one would want to hear what she had to say? Through the episode, you might have caught how she's been on a journey with her voice to where it's at today. So, Even though people may have incredible voices, they may be holding them back or keeping them at a low volume for any number of reasons. When people say amplify black voices, part of what they mean is, yeah, share voices that are already outspoken. But I also feel like what this means is to really support, encourage, and stand behind voices that are maybe at a little bit of a lower volume that you know people need to hear. Support black voices in your life that people definitely need to hear. Help get them amplified. I've been saying Amina needs to get her own show for years. Her voice is so important to me. I hope it's been important for you too. That wraps up 
Miss Amina Jama. And if you've made it this far and listening to this episode, I am very grateful for you for taking the time to listen to this precious voice in my life. And I know Miss Amina is also grateful that you've taken the time out to listen to her. I also wanted to add that before this whole George Floyd situation, my original plan for the whole month of June was to have every guest be someone who was queer. Because June, as many know, is Pride Month. And, you know, now all of this stuff in the world has happened. There's such a focus on Black Lives Matter, as there should be. Um, But I wanted to just shout out for people who may not know that Pride, the reason that we have Pride was because of what was a riot and an uprising. The Pride Parade, the first Pride Parade was a riot. It was another time where people had said enough was enough. And those were queer and gay people at the time. The people who led those riots and who were key figures in those were trans women that were both black and brown so the gay struggle and queer freedom that we experience is exists because of black and brown people so our struggles and our freedoms are intertwined they just are and so the focus it must go to black lives right now me as a queer person i must support whatever is going on in the support of black life and i just want to say here that i am doing my best to pivot this podcast towards that not only now but in the future uh, to holistically support these efforts and outlook and consciousness in the world it's very important to me if you like the episode Share it with somebody, talk to someone about it, send it to them, text it to them. That's most of what I got to say, except for that I got a whole bunch of love for you and I'm sending it out to you. Give it to yourself, give it to black people uh, because black people definitely need some love and support right now. So go give it to them. I'll see you next week. Bye.